Another day, another loss for the Orioles. As they drop the series in Boston, they drop the season series against the Red Sox. And the Orioles, if all things continue to go wrong, could be eliminated officially by the end of today. I'll recap a tough Orioles loss on Thursday. Plus, talk about Mike Bauman and his future with the Orioles. And finally, get you ready for the series in the Bronx this weekend. All coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Friday, September 30th, 2022, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to recap another tough Orioles loss as they fall 5-3 to three to the Red Sox on Thursday afternoon. I'll get you the five things you need to know from another tough Orioles loss, including updating you on where the O's stand in the playoff chase at this point. Then we'll talk about Mike Bauman, who started Thursday's game and once again went four, I'd say, solid innings for the Orioles. We'll take a look at his season so far, if he'll get one more start with the O's this year, and what his future looks like. Is he a starter? Is he a reliever? Is he a big league player for the Orioles moving forward? And then at the end of the pod, we will preview the three-game weekend series in the Bronx between the Orioles and the Yankees. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. And before we get started, just did want to thank you for making Locked on Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. We're free and available on all podcast listening platforms, new episodes every day, Monday through Friday, wherever you get your pods. And also right here on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked on Orioles YouTube channel. Really helps us out a lot. And again, you know, when we come back on Monday, it's not even a full week of Major League Baseball regular season left. Of course, just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week, and it's over. I mean, the O's are still technically alive, but I think we've all pretty much realized that there will be no postseason for the Orioles this year. But that doesn't mean the content is going to stop here at Locked on Orioles. We'll be going daily throughout the MLB postseason. We'll be checking in on the playoffs, but... We're going to look at this Orioles season as a whole, look back at it, give out grades, season recaps to every critical player on this Orioles team. We'll have some off-season previews, look at what the O's will do in free agency, what they will do in the trade market, what they'll do in terms of the 40-man roster, which prospects could be coming to the big leagues. We've got a fun off-season plan. Content does not stop when the season does, and we thank you for sticking along with this ride, this incredible 2022 season. We thank you for making Locked on Orioles all season your first podcast listen of the day. For your first listen today, let's start with unfortunately another Orioles loss. Red Sox 5, Orioles 3, the final score from Fenway Park in a day game on Thursday as the Red Sox, after the O's took game one on Monday night, they take the final three of the series. They win this series three out of four. And Boston wins the season series 10-9 over the Orioles this year, as this is, of course, the last time the two teams will play each other. And with the loss, the Orioles fall to 80-76 and on the season. A losing season is still in play if they can't get another win. They have now lost five out of their last six games to 
just completely fall out of this playoff race. Now, they're not technically out. I'm recording here at about 8 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. No matter what the Rays and Mariners do later tonight, the Orioles will still be alive heading into play Friday. But things could get really bleak. With the Orioles' loss, the Blue Jays officially have clinched a playoff spot here in 2022, which means, you know, even if the O's could go on a run, they're not going to have a chance to kind of play their way in with the final series against Toronto. As I record here, the Rays lead the Guardians 1-0 in the top of the seventh inning. If the Rays hold on to that victory, they will clinch a playoff spot tonight because if they do, there'll be six games ahead of the Orioles with six games remaining. And because the Rays beat the Orioles 10-9 in the season series, even if they finished with the same record, which would be the best the O's could do, Tampa, which is new for this season, would advance into the playoffs because of the tiebreaker. So Tampa, nine outs away from clinching as well. Then the Mariners, who did beat the Rangers on Wednesday night, they play at 940 on Thursday night. Again, if the Mariners win, they'll be five and a half up on the O's. If they lose, they'll still be four and a half up on the O's. And if the Mariners do win the Thursday night game, if when you're listening to this, the Mariners did win, the O's could be eliminated tonight from the playoff picture, which that would be pretty tough to swallow. But the O's kind of did it to themselves for a lot of reasons, but especially losing five out of six, including the five to three loss on Thursday. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from that game at Fenway Park. And the first thing you need to know, cool moment for Adley Rutschman, who had only one hit in this game, went one for four with a double, an RBI, and a walk in this one with a couple of hard hit balls. But he set a new Orioles record. Adley Rutschman, who doubled in his first plate appearance with one out in the top of the first inning against Nathan Eovaldi. It was his 33rd double of the season. That set a new Orioles record for doubles by a rookie in a single season, surpassing the 32 doubles that Cal Ripken Jr. had in his Rookie of the Year season back in 1982. Cool moment to see Adley pass Cal on a leaderboard already in his first season. A sign, I think, of many things to come for Adley Rutschman. Second thing you need to know, we stick with a rookie hitter in the Orioles lineup. Kyle Stowers finally got to face a left-hander in this game. Now, it was only for one at-bat, but you know what he did? He went yard, and it was the biggest Oriole hit of the game. Stowers, it's been a point of contention. You know, his numbers... In AAA, he was better offensively against lefties than he was against righties as a left-handed hitter. Not usual for big power lefties like Kyle Stowers is, but that's what the numbers said. But despite that, Brandon Hyde and Mike Elias, they have refused to hit Stowers against lefties in the big leagues this season. The only other plate appearance that Stowers has had all year against a lefty was way back early in the year in Toronto when Stowers replaced the then-unvaccinated Anthony Santander when the Orioles took a trip to Toronto. Stowers had one plate appearance against the lefty, and he was hit by a pitch. And Brandon Hyde talked about, you know, he was asked about it multiple times over the last month or so, why Stowers wasn't playing against left-handers. And he just talked about how, you know, Hyde said Stowers is still a young guy. He said if the Orioles were out of the race, it would be different, and Stowers would probably be playing against lefties. But because they're in the race, he said he felt he had better options among his right-handed hitters to hit against lefties. Mostly that ended up being the Ryan McKennas and the Jesus Aguilars of the world, who obviously have not had great seasons. But Stowers finally gets a chance. He gets the start in this game 
against the righty Nathan Eovaldi. And then he comes up with one out in the seventh inning. Orioles trailing three to two. And the Red Sox have a pretty tough left-hander in Matt Strom in out of the bullpen. And I kind of thought, you know, if Hyde continues to manage like he has, it felt like that was a spot where either Jesus Aguilar or Ryan McKenna was going to come off the bench and pinch hit for Stowers there against the lefty. But they did not. And lo and behold, Kyle Stowers with the biggest troll home run of the season for the Orioles. Laces a ball into right center field for a solo shot, 105.5 off the bat, 399 feet for his third career big league homer, tied the game at three in the top of the seventh inning. And hey, you know what? Brandon Hyde was asked about it, of course, again after the game, and his answer gave me maybe a little more inkling that Stowers is going to play a little bit more against some lefties here in the final six games of the season, but good for Kyle Stowers showing he certainly can hit against lefties. And listen, he's faced lefties twice, He's reached base twice with a homer and a hit by pitch in his big league career. So, I mean, he needs to get more of these chances, and hopefully he does down the line for the Orioles. Third thing you need to know is the bad side of the Orioles' offense today. They did have nine hits, a solid number, but just three runs in this game because the Orioles went 0 for 8 with runners in scoring position in this game. They did not make solid contact. They had only six hard-hit balls all day. Two from Gunnar Henderson, who did have a two for four with a double. Two from Adley Rutschman, who we talked about. And then one from Kyle Stowers, his home run. He also did have a single in this game. And then one from Cedric Mullins, who had a nice two for five day at the top of the lineup as well. Now, Austin Hayes and Jorge Mateo each poured in a hit in this game too. But the Orioles only drew one walk. And really the only other runs that they got was because of some poor defense from Boston. The Orioles scored two runs in the top of the third inning in this game to take a 2-0 lead, and they did it with second and third and one out. Adley Rutschman hits a ground ball right down the first baseline, and Tristan Casas, the Red Sox first baseman, scoops it up in one motion, steps on the first base bag for the second out. Kyle Stowers dashing to the plate. It looked like it was going to be another situation when the Orioles were thrown out at the plate with the infield in. But Stowers with a really nice slide, avoids the tag, gets his hand in there to give the Orioles a 1-0 lead. But of course, that wasn't a hit with the runners in scoring position. That was a ground out. And then Anthony Santander, the next batter, with a runner at third and two outs, hits a ground ball to first that should have ended the inning. And Casas just completely makes a mess of it. It rolls through his legs for an error that scored the Orioles' second run. And that was how they scored the two runs then. And then, of course, a solo home run is not a hit with a runner in scoring position. And that's how you get to 0 for 8 in the game. I mean, they had a big chance in the 8th. Got a couple runners on with two down. And Rugnet Odor lined out. You know, there was a tough, another tough Odor line out after a Henderson double where Gunner was doubled off at second. Nothing he could really do about it to end the inning. Just the runners in scoring position woes continuing for the Orioles. Fourth thing you need to know from this one Mike Bauman did what the O's needed him to do in this game. Four innings, two runs on six hits, two Ks and no walks. He threw 74 pitches in this start. And again, he's not going to be asked to go super deep into games right now, but he did what he was asked. We'll dive deeper into his start in just a second, but he gave the O's a chance to win. He threw three scoreless, got hit around a bit, gave up two runs in the fourth before he left the game. But hey, he gave the Orioles a chance once again. They just couldn't get the offense going. And the fifth and final thing you need to know in this one, you know, we've talked about how the Orioles' bullpen that's been so great all year is kind of tiring out here at the end of the season. And they looked a little better at times in this one, but generally just had a couple of mistakes 
that hurt them. Brian Baker was the one who relieved Mike Bauman in the fifth, and he threw a 1-2-3 inning. Make it nine straight scoreless appearances for Brian Baker. But CNL Perez got hit around a little bit, gave up a go-ahead run in the sixth inning. Then Logan Gillespie had a really impressive 1-2-3 seventh inning with two strikeouts. That's the best he's looked all season. But Dylan Tate enters in the bottom of the eighth with the game tied and Dylan Tate, unfortunately, allows a walk and then a two-run homer to J.D. Martinez, which was the difference in the game, the go-ahead shot by Martinez in the eighth. And just good relievers, you know, Perez and Tate been two of the best for the O's this year, just slipping up a bit, and that'll get you when your offense isn't producing. And some highlights and, and some lowlights for the pen and, and for this whole team on Thursday as they lose 5-3 to three to the Red Sox and the playoff hopes completely on life support now. But at least, I think for some of this game on Thursday, a bright spot for the Orioles was Mike Bauman. I think he showed some things on the mound in his four innings. And coming up next, we're going to talk about Mike Bauman's start. Dive into it a little deeper. Talk about what he's looked like in his 29 innings of the big league so far this year. And really try to answer the question, what is Mike Bauman's role moving forward into 2023 and beyond with the Orioles? But first... Got to tell you about betonline.net, your number one source for all your betting information this season. Of course, we got less than a week left in the Major League Baseball season, and then we get to the playoffs. We are a week away now, a week from today, Friday, the Major League Baseball playoffs start. It's going to be fun, and you can get all the lines, all the odds at betonline.net. But it's not just baseball. We're full-fledged into football season, college football every Saturday, the NFL every Sunday, and other days of the week. Get all the lines, get all the scores, get all the news, listen to podcasts, get in-depth articles and analysis on every game out there this football season, and it's all at betonline.net. They're your continued source for all your sports wagering info. So head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. Again, that's BetOnline, where the game starts. So the Orioles fall to the Red Sox 5-3 on Thursday afternoon. They drop 3-4 of four in that series in Boston, and they could have their playoff hopes officially eliminated as early as tonight because they've lost 5-6 of six and just haven't been playing too, too well. But the end of the season has given them a chance, and some of that is obviously because Tyler Wells had to be placed back on the injured list and is done for the year with some shoulder inflammation. It opened up a spot in the Orioles' starting rotation, and the O's decided to give it to Mike Bauman, who has now made three starts for the Orioles here in the month of September. And while he hasn't been super dominant in any of those starts, it's been interesting to see him get this starting role with the Orioles, because generally what we had seen in the past was him being a starter in the minors, but usually last year and this year getting a bullpen role with the Orioles when he got to the big leagues. Bauman, a 27-year-old right-hander, Orioles took him the third round out of Jacksonville back in 2017, and he got to the big leagues for the first time last season. Now, it was at the end of last year, and it was a season where he had a lot of injuries early, didn't get his minor league season started on time. He really would have been up in 2021 much, much sooner, probably about May or June if he hadn't been injured. But he threw in four games last year, 10 innings. It wasn't pretty. It was 11 runs. It was 13 hits. It was 5Ks, six walks, two homers. Again, 10 innings, but he had a 9.90 ERA in the big leagues last year. But he reset and certainly played a role with the Orioles early in the year and then late in the year 
as well. And Bauman certainly could get one more turn in the rotation. If not, you would think he'd at least pitch one more time this year, even if it is out of the Orioles' bullpen. But so far this season for Mike Bauman, 12 appearances and three starts at the big league level, and he's got a 4.34 ERA. In 29 innings, he's allowed 34 hits with 19 strikeouts, eight walks, and two home runs allowed. And it's been interesting to, to kind of watch him pitch because, again, what we saw on Thursday in the day game in Boston was four innings, two runs, six hits, two Ks, no walks, no homers, 74 pitches. And again, he gets hit kind of hard, eight hard hit balls in the four innings, but he limits the damage. And that is pretty similar to what he looked like on Saturday in Baltimore when he pitched against the Astros. It, again, was four innings. It was two runs. He got hit hard, but he limited the damage. They were very similar starts these last two times we've seen Mike Bauman as he has kind of officially entered the rotation here at the end of the season. Now, what he did on Thursday was go heavy fastball, and that's kind of what you expect from Mike Bauman. He's got the big fastball, 95, 96, 97 with the four-seamer. Threw it 29 times, 39% of the time. Got two whiffs on the pitch, two of his five whiffs on the day. He was able to get it in the strike zone at times. It was fouled off a good amount. Wasn't a fantastic pitch for him. But the pitch for Mike Bauman, it continues to be the slider. It was used his second most on Thursday, 21 times. That's 28%. Got three of five whiffs on that pitch. He was able to drop it in the strike zone a lot. Five called strikes. And it's really a nasty pitch because when you watch it, you think it's a cutter. I mean, that pitch is 91 to 94 at times. So it's a hard slider, and you could call it a cutter, but that thing is nasty. And this season, opponents are hitting just 143 against that Mike Bauman slider. That is his pitch at this point. He's throwing it about 29% of the time on the year. It's averaged about 92 miles per hour in the big leagues this year. And that's his go-to pitch. But he's got some other offerings that really get hammered. I mean, the four-seamer, again, the velo is up. We've seen him be up towards 98, 99 sometimes when he's coming out of the bullpen. But that pitch is straight, and it gets hammered at times. Then he's got the big overhand curveball. He threw that 15 times on Thursday. Dropped it in the strike zone a couple of times. It's, you know, an 85, 86-mile-per-hour curveball. But that fastball and that curveball this year, those things have just been crushed. Each has a slugging percentage against it of higher than 500 in the big leagues this year. So while the slider's been really good, the fastball and the curveball not so much, and that's why he's had his struggles at times this year and in 2021 as well. But I think what could be an equalizing pitch, a pitch that I was really impressed with on Thursday, is that changeup. Now, he threw it just nine times, and he's thrown it only about 3% of the time this year. But it breaks down and away from left-handers. It's a way for him to get lefties out. And I think he should go to that pitch a little bit more. And that kind of takes us to where do we see Mike Bauman moving forward? Because, again, if the Orioles kind of keep his turn in the rotation here moving forward, he would theoretically pitch on Tuesday and have one more start. Now, we'll see if that actually happens or if he goes back into the bullpen, if maybe Grayson Rodriguez comes up and makes a start and Bauman goes to the pen on Tuesday. I, I kind of hope that happens, but either way, we'll probably see Mike Bauman pitch one more time this year. Is he a reliever or is he a starter moving forward for the Orioles? That's that's really the question because as a reliever this year, 16 innings, 17 hits, 13 Ks, 6 walks. Now, his strikeout percentage, about 19%, better than his strikeout percentage of just 11% as a starter, 
Hard hit rate, just 29% as a reliever, 52% as a starter. And as I talked about, the velo is up when he's a reliever. Starting pitcher, he's, you know, 95, 96. Reliever, he's 96, 97, sometimes 98. You see that from most guys, especially hard throwers, when they go from a starting role to a bullpen role, and you can air it out for, you know, just 20 or or so pitches at the most. That's going to happen. But this is something I've talked about multiple times on this podcast, especially last season. I do think the future role for Mike Bauman is a as a reliever. And I said this a lot last year when the Orioles starting pitching moving forward, the options didn't look great. Dean Kramer, who knows what was happening there. Tyler Wells was in the bullpen. You know, they didn't have Austin Voth on this team. Who knew how far away DL Hall was and Grayson Rodriguez was. Kyle Bradish was, you know, we didn't really know what he was going to be. We didn't have as many answers. And I was still saying Bauman should go to the bullpen. And now I feel like even more so he should go to the bullpen. And maybe if he does, you know, the fastball ticks up a little bit. You have that great hard slider. Maybe you get rid of the curveball. You focus on the changeup a little more so you can get left-handers out as well. You're a guy who, you know, can maybe pitch in a Keegan Aiken role. You can get one inning, but you can also get up to three innings out of the bullpen if needed. I think he could be nasty in that role because he's got better stuff than Keegan Aiken does. He's just got to hone it in because... Despite the good stuff, he just doesn't get a lot of swings and misses. I mean, just five whiffs on 38 swings in the start on Thursday. He's got good enough stuff to have better whiffs numbers than that. And it just doesn't happen for him when he's out there. So maybe in the bullpen, you know, the stuff plays up and the whiffs get better as as they have when he pitched out of the pen earlier this year. But you look at the Orioles starting pitching kind of hierarchy going into... 2023. And this is just to start the season. You got Grayson Rodriguez up there. You've got Dean Kramer up there. You've got Kyle Bradish up there. And I think no matter what, the Orioles are either going to sign a veteran or trade for a solid starting pitcher. So right there, you've got four guys easily above Mike Bauman. I don't know what the future holds for Tyler Wells. The Orioles certainly want to make him a starter. He's above Mike Bauman. I still think there's certainly a good chance the Orioles could pick up Jordan Lyles' option and bring him back. He'd definitely be above Mike Bauman in that pecking order. So if you're looking at just that group, that's already six guys above Bauman. Now, I think long-term, Austin Voth will work out of the bullpen for the Orioles, but he's definitely, from what he's done this year, ahead of Bauman in the starting pitcher pecking order. D.L. Hall, even though he's working out of the pen right now, is going to go in next year ahead of Mike Bauman in the starting pitcher pecking order. So you add all those names together, that's eight players. So Mike Bauman is at best ninth in that conversation right now. And that's not even adding in what if the O's add maybe another top pitching arm. And maybe if they do, Jordan Lyles isn't here, so he's still ninth. But that's not even adding in John Means. You know, maybe at the latest, he's fully back by the All-Star break next year. That certainly knocks Bauman down another peg. So you're looking at maybe 10th on the starting pitcher depth chart, and you certainly need depth. And even if he turns into a reliever, he's a guy who could still spot start for you if you need it, kind of like Keegan Aiken this year for the O's. But he's down that depth chart. I mean, even if the O's would bring back a Spencer Watkins, he might be you know near Mike Bauman in that conversation. So I just think it's a numbers game. And you still keep Bauman, and you keep him around to be an emergency starter, but I think it would help him and help the Orioles to transition him to into a full reliever mindset 
in spring training 2023. Get him, you know, eliminating some pitches, working on some a little better, you know, work on that changeup more. Maybe get rid of that curveball or throw it less, you know. Start thinking about how you want to throw, you know, maybe completely out of the stretch or, you know, how that velo can play up or or the mindset of pitching in these one or two inning stints. He could be a weapon for the Orioles out of the bullpen next year, an upgraded version of Keegan Aiken. And it's obviously a numbers game, but I think it could definitely work out of the bullpen for the Orioles. But even though Bauman had his moments on Thursday, O's just couldn't get the victory. And now they've got six games remaining in this season. They got to win one out of six to at least finish 500, and they got to go at least two and four to get a winning record in 2022. And they're going to need to go 6-0 and and get a lot of help to somehow still get into the playoffs. But next up for the Orioles, they go to Yankee Stadium and they take on the Bronx Bombers and Aaron Judge. And coming up next, we'll preview that series, look at the pitching matchups and talk about what kind of history Judge will still be chasing back at home against the Orioles. So to finish up here on today's episode, a little preview of the weekend series coming up in New York. It's the Orioles and the Yankees for the final three times this season. Of course, the Yankees have already clinched the AL East, did it earlier this week. This Yankees team coming in at 96 and 59 on the season. Orioles at 80 and 76, trying to somehow keep the playoff hopes alive. And we'll get to the starting pitching matchups here, starting with a 7.05 p.m. game tonight. Jordan Lyles is going to get the ball for the Orioles. The O's decided to move Lyles up one day. He was scheduled to start Saturday. He will start Friday. And most of that has to do with the fact that Lyles started the Monday night game. And while he wasn't effective, obviously the rain delay came, knocked him out after two innings, 90-minute rain delay. He was never going to come back in the game. And he only threw 37 pitches in that Monday game. So they had the ability to move him up a day. And so he will start Friday, which does put Lyles in a position potentially to start again on Wednesday on the final day of the season if they needed to. But again, Lyle's just trying to kind of pull it back together, pitch more like the guy who threw a complete game against the Tigers and not the guy who the other starts around that over the last couple of weeks have not been too pretty. But it also could be the final start of the year for Jordan Lyle's and maybe the final start for Lyle's in an Orioles uniform if they don't pick up that option. He will go up against the 30-year-old right-hander Domingo Herman, who has a 3.30 ERA in 62 and two-thirds innings this year. His last start against the Red Sox, five innings, three runs, three hits, five Ks, and one walk. Then we move to the Saturday game as we hit October. It's a day game, a 105 start on Saturday. Austin Voth will get the ball for the Orioles in that one. That will be his final start of the season for the O's. And what an impressive one it has been for both since they claimed him off waivers from the Nationals. Coming off a good one against the Astros. Five innings, one run on four hits, six Ks, and no walks against Houston. Hopefully he can finish this season strong as he will take on Nasty Nestor. Nestor Cortez, the Yankees' 27-year-old lefty, will start the game on Saturday. He has certainly been nasty this year. A 2.56 ERA in 151 innings. His last time out dominated Boston. Six scoreless, one hit, five Ks, and two walks. And then on Sunday, the series finale for the season between these two teams. It'll be the final start of the season for Kyle Bradish, who threw an incredible start 
against the Astros and then had absolutely nothing his last time out at Fenway Park. The Oriole righty with now a 5-1-1 ERA at 112 and two-thirds innings. So we will see, hopefully, he can jump back to the good side and end his season, his first season in the big leagues, on a high note because the O's have a lot of expectations for him heading into the next year. And for the Yankees, it's the 28-year-old righty Luis Severino who is going to go in the game on Sunday. A 3.41 ERA in 95 innings this year since returning from injury. His last start, though, was a little shaky in Toronto. Four innings, two runs on three hits, four Ks, and three walks. Might be a chance there for the O's to get to him. And then, of course, the other big storyline of the weekend for the Yankees is Aaron Judge, who hit home run number 61 on Wednesday in Toronto to tie Roger Maris's record of 61 homers, which is both the Yankees' all-time record and the American League all-time record for homers in a season. Let's get this straight. This is still the seventh most home runs in a season in big league history. Yeah, it would be cool to get to 62 and for Judge to set the American League record and the Yankee record. That's definitely cool, and it's been an incredible season. And Aaron Judge could win the Triple Crown, which is incredible to do as well. But let's stop with this talk of Judge is going to have the real record when he hits one more home run. Barry Bonds is the home run king. 73 homers is the record. That's the end of discussion. Did he take steroids? Not confirmed, but I think we all know he did. You know what? There were a lot of guys taking steroids in the late 90s and early 2000s who still weren't good. Barry Bonds was an incredible baseball player in Pittsburgh before his body obviously started to change like that. He was awesome. Barry Bonds was awesome. Him getting a 756 was awesome. And 73 home runs was amazing. Had some of the best seasons in big league history, he's one of the best hitters in big league history. He is the home run king. But I think we all realize Aaron Judge, he's going to hit 62 against the Orioles this week. And he's back at Yankee Stadium, a Mickey Mouse Stadium against the Orioles. Got three games against him. I think he's going to hit 62. And unfortunately, some Orioles pitcher is going to be on a highlight for years and years to come. So here's a question I had for you. In the comments, if you think like I do that Judge will hit number 62 this weekend against the Orioles, put in the comments on today's YouTube video who you think, which Orioles pitcher is going to give out that homer. You got your three starters will be Jordan Lyles Friday, Austin Voth Saturday, Kyle Bradish Sunday, or one of the Orioles relievers this weekend. I'm going to guess this is tough. I am going to guess... Jordan Lyles on Friday. I think Judge does it in his first at-bat Friday and gets it out of the way quickly. But leave your guess in the comments, and uh, I'll shout out anyone who got it right. We're back here on the podcast on Monday when I'll be recapping the three-game weekend series between the Orioles and the Yankees and getting you ready for the final series of 2022 between the O's and the Blue Jays next week. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.